Kristen. And this and is, this <laughs> is to, L to and L back. and back. Come on, please. <laughs> I had that one. You threw you threw it. On purpose, you threw it. To Ellen Back is an auto-straddled podcast in which Reese and I will be discussing uh, every episode of The L Word, uh, the, the original L Word, which began airing in 2004. We're going to do it one at a time, and we are going to do it spoiler-free. This week's episode is called Longing. It is directed by Lynn Dopkowicz, I have no idea who that is, and Angela Robinson wrote the episode, and we love Angela Robinson. She's a great, like, director, writer. She worked on True Blood, on, she made Debs. She's, wow. She's real cool, and she writes some of the best episodes that the series has ever seen. Well, this was a great fucking episode, so. Sure was. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that it was a good episode? Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. It is funny to have seen the entire series and then come back to the beginning because like as with probably most series, you rem- your biggest memory is like the last thing you saw or like the bulk of what you journeyed through. Um, and so it's a surprise to come back through these first few and be like, whoa, these are good. Yeah, it was a genuinely good show. Reese, when did this episode air? This episode aired on February 1st, 2004. Do you remember what you were doing? February 1st, 2004, Mm -hmm. February 1st, 2004. Well, I was probably preparing for my second Valentine's Day with my current girlfriend. On our first Valentine's Day, she bought me diamond earrings. So I was probably really panicked about what I could possibly do now that a whole year had passed and I had to get her another present. I was doing cocaine for the first time with my ex-boyfriend. Wow, Reese. Which, by the way, I do not recommend. I've never done cocaine, so. Don't do it. I won't, ever. It's bad. Drugs are bad. The lesson of drugs being bad is is built right into this episode when we get to our photographer, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm, this is the one where provocations? Peggy Peabody, Peggy Peabody, Peggy Peabody. And Peggy Peabody, yes. yes. And uh, this is the one where Mia Kirshner, I think, does the best acting to date in the Whoa. last scene of this episode. I think it's the best acting I've seen in the, in the show in, in total, from her in total. And I'm just saying, like, can she top it? We'll find out. Can she top anyone? We'll find out. Can she? Can she? We will find out in this hard-hitting series. Yeah. So we're going back in time, and I'm not sure if you can hear the sirens in the background here at my house, but we're going back to New York City in 1986, where I am certain that on this date, at this time, a siren was also playing. For playing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. This is like a photographer is taking pictures of her girlfriend, and she has her palms out like she's doing like the final yoga thing, but standing up. Mm, and Shavasana. she has like a solid jaw and we don't really know what's happening or who these people are, but we know that art is being made and that it's artsy and that there's like artsy, artsy lighting and mm-hmm. um, they're gay, gay, they're gay in the eighties, gay in the eighties. I was not gay in the eighties. I have to say I was gay in a lot of times in life, but I was not yet gay. I was six years old in 1986. I looked like a boy in 1986. I did too. I had one of those like bowl cuts. I, like, I literally had a bowl where- cut. 
Yeah, it was a hot, hot. I think Dorothy Hamill really brought that in, into uh, fashion for us. <laughs> Let's see how many sense. people get that reference. <laughs> so then we go to our beep, boop, 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 boop. And I will tell you something, Reese. Yes, Kristen. Uh, do you know that even the beep, boop, 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 boops are different on Netflix? What? Because is it, is it like a country western song instead? It's like, it's like literally, like it's like, smooth it, jazz. honestly, if you take the beep boops from the real show mm-hmm. and you put them against the beep boops from Netflix, it will give you a direct analysis of how every song is different. Like it's the, it's like, but boop, 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 bitty boop, bop, boop. Who like, is you know making I mean? these songs? Like does Netflix have like a little cottage in the woods and it's all these people sitting around being like, let's find a really crappy version of let's do it. Or like, let's, I th- let's I th- take this song and then let's make it suck. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I was floored. I went to grab the sound cue for our last episode and I put it on Netflix and was like, this is not the song. Wow. Someone copyrighted those beeps. We're probably <laughs> going to get a cease and desist. Seriously. And I'll add it to my pile. So we open on Alice and Gabby who have awoken after a long night of lovemaking and Gabby's late for work. Yep. And then she just throws on her clothes and goes to work. So she, I guess she doesn't even need to pee or shower or anything. No, she's just ready to roll. Which, ready like, to roll. I don't know. Solid when I was in my 20s. Either. I would not be ready to roll. When I was in my 20s, I feel like I, I kind of like ran out the door a lot like this. No, I've been pretty high maintenance from the jump. <clears throat> well, then we go right from that scene to what might be my favorite still so far. <laughs> Shetty looks like she is a core. <laughs> like she is dead in Tim's arms or like dead inside or like she's, she's trying even... like she's trying to be totally still so that like the dinosaur in the other room won't try to eat her right she's just like she's not even in Tim's arms she's like no. underneath Tim's arm <laughs> like it looks like she's trapped there yeah. of course and like she just it's just so special it's like I laughed about it for so many hours we got from here we go right to the planet for a little quick this is a little like quick intro, like where everybody's at. Alice and Gabby have slept together. Jenny is not happy about being under Tim's arm. And um, she leaves, doesn't she? Yeah, she goes to the planet where Marina's speaking some romance languages. And <laughs> she's wearing yeah. her leather jacket, which I believe is completely zipped up. And she wants to talk to Marina in private. Yeah. So, like, a couple episodes ago, I laughed very hard at, like, the shot, the establishing shot of Bette giving her talk with, like, a penis and a vagina, like, like behind her. Because all I ever remember of Bette and Art is, like, various genitalia flying around. And we get now, you know, to, to line this all up, we get, like, the second moment of this where a piece called, um, oh, no, what I don't even know what it's called, but it's, she's it's saying. It's called Gay Men Leather Whip Stuff. Yeah, we when we open on the scene, she's like, finally, the flagellation, blah, 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 blah. And it's it's like a lot of men with their penises wrapped in leather. Yeah, which is what I when I was like, I want to see a lesbian show. I was hoping that I'd get a chance to see some gay men with their penises wrapped in leather. And finally, my <laughs> prayers were answered. This was inspired, probably inspired. Eileen Shaken had done a documentary called Dirty Pictures for Showtime, which is about this like Robert Maplethorpe exhibit at the Cincinnati Contemporary Mm. Arts Center. Um, And I think so this was sort of inspired by that. And I think it was called Provocations because did you did you see Sensation when it was in Brooklyn? Like, no, I didn't. But you know what I'm talking about? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw it. It was like this super controversial art show because there was like a a Jesus situation. There was like a a dead cow in formaldehyde or something. Anyway, but yeah, so of course, yeah. So Beth's trying to get this like controversial art show into the dowdy old California Art Center and they want to do impressions in winter, which everyone allegedly loves. And Franklin is an asshole. And Franklin is an asshole. And like I knew in 2004 that Franklin was an asshole. But Mm. like now for me, Franklin is just like this archetype of the dick guy at your office who like even though he's not in charge is like, don't worry, I've got this under control. And he totally undermines her. And she's like, why the fuck did you hire me if you didn't want me to pick the art to go in the art museum? And they're just Mm -hmm. like, everyone loves the impressionist. No, they don't. You know, I, agree. I don't love the. No, I don't, she I obviously don't is trying to do something him. exciting that will be good for a plot for the rest of the series. And they want to just show like whatever grains, waves or lily pads, you know? Yeah. Right? Love a lily pad. So then we go to the planet and Marina is like, do you want to go to my office? <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, Jenny's like, no, fine. Here is fine. But then, of course, uh, Shane and Alice roll up. And then Jenny is so Jenny when she's like, well, now we can go to your fucking office. You mm-hmm. know, like she's just like she doesn't even barely looks at Alice and Shane. Shane and, and Jenny have a moment that I enjoyed where like yeah. Jenny's, Shane's like, hi, Jenny. This like, is the beginning of the Shenny seeds. It is. It's like a little Shenny seed. And and I think it's I, I've been really enjoying Shane so yeah. far. Like, you know, like I'm really kind of into her vibe. She's very like she's very like mama bear, you know, like mm-hmm. she really takes care of her people. And I feel like she even not barely knowing Jenny, she's kind of like looking out for Jenny. She is. And then in Marina's office, Jenny unzips her jacket. Thank God. <laughs> and then delivers a very memorable L word line that I think we could all mm-hmm. relate to, which was, I can't mm-hmm. be around you anymore. It's confusing to me and it makes me feel insane. Yeah. This this episode is actually bookended with, I think, very mm-hmm. famous and relatable lines spoken from Jenny. To spoken Marina. by Jenny with her back pressed up against the wall of, of Marina's office, trying desperately not to leap into her vagina. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Tim has been so nice to me, which is true. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I, I, I think you all turned the corner with me last week as I uh, began my hatred of Marina. <laughs> and it continues here in episode four. She's like saying words to Jenny, but very, very clearly delivering them in a way where she's like, do you want to be safe? Uh-huh. Like, OK, then. All right, fine. Go ahead and make your choices. And what she's really saying is like, you're making the wrong choice. And I think it's not her place. And I think she's a shithead there i said it wow yeah she's like do you want to be safe or do you want to touch this rack and she's like i'm gonna marry tim and it's like <laughs> okay and then when they go back outside mm-hmm. to the breast of the planet shane is like downing espresso shots as though it's yeah. like tequila in the middle of the day and alice is singing a song she made up not a song she made up an adapted song she adapted Mickey to talk like that's how she breaks it to them that she's like seeing Gabby again. Also, like she knows that Shane's going to be upset. So why she would choose to break the news by singing, hey, Gabby, you're so fine. It's like you're she just so couldn't fine. resist. That's how I feel after a good hookup, too. You know, I just yeah, want to sing true. that. I want to sing Mickey, but with their name in it to like people who hate the person <laughs> I hooked up with. And then my name fits very nicely in it, actually. Got those got the right amount of syllables. She says Gabby's changed because she's working on her lesbian cop screenplay, which literally nobody needs. Yep. 
I wrote that down too. I thought that was an important detail. <laughs> I think I, I want to say this comes back in later, but um, like way oh, later, God, maybe, I hope it does. if I recall correctly. Then Shane is like, I hate to break it to you, but that bitch was all over Nadia. Yeah, Nadia Merkin. To your point on Shane drinking many espressos, yes. uh, Reese, I think that because that's the very way we met Shane, like the first establishing oh, right. of Shane was like, she won't speak before she drinks three espressos or something. So I think they're trying to like, you know, Shane's always up late fucking some girl and like needs her coffee in the morning. So I just feel like it's like one of Shane's things. Maybe she has chronic fatigue syndrome like me. Maybe she does. Because I'm always like, I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm sorry I said something mean. I've done that to you before, haven't I? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is my real now. personality, I promise. So let's get to the scene I've been waiting for, which is this adorable fucking scene in the kitchen where Lara Perkins works. Uh, Dana walks in. I, my actual note, just so you know, Reese, is Lara and Dana sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Because <laughs> I got really excited about their like childlike romance. You know, it's yeah. like, just so sweet and innocent. And I think that the reason I have such a crush on Lara is because she really looks like Kate Winslet, who I had a thing oh, for. Weird. But like tall. Yeah. And she's she's so sweet to Dana. Like the way she loves Dana's dorkiness is one of the most endearing things on the entire series. I think just the way she like yeah. is patient with her and also is very adoring of her geek. It's just cute. And she shows her like how to put a condom on every single one of your fingers. Yeah. Which is, like, she's really like, great. Remember lesbianing. this for later. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, here's all of my fingers. Maybe later you'll feel all of them inside you. You know, <laughs> one of them's cut. Wow. So watch out. She says something to Dana that I thought was also like indicative of the seriousness of their date because Dana suggests a very fancy place. Yeah. And Laura is like, I don't want us to start out that way. And I was like, well, excuse me. I, like, <laughs> I was like, why not? I'd be like, yes, absolutely. Sign me up, famous tennis lady. Let's go to the fancy place. I can't wait to True. dine out. True. Oh, but she wants Dana to know that she's interested in her not because of her Subaru sponsorship. But because of her personality. And her yes, hot and tennis bod. Erin Daniels gives us a classic like comedy moment when she's like, yeah, I did that. And then bangs into like 50 fucking pans <laughs> on her way out of the kitchen. It's so cute. They're so cute. So then snooze, snooze, snooze is the summary of the next scene. Bet unbook the impressionists, whatever. I think this sort of I, I feel like Eileen is like setting Tina up as like the good wife, you know? Like, whatever bad you know, is going through, Tina's just there to be like, oh, to be supportive and to be like, you're mm -hmm. great. And no one points out that Gina rhymes with Tina, you know, just real quick. Bet says mm -hmm. that she's going to kiss Gina's ass. <sighs> and, Tim, and Tina's, and Tina's like, like, she's lucky. And I'm like, Tina wants her salad tossed. Also, I'm glad that it only took us four episodes for you to say salad tossed. <laughs> Oh, just a phrasing that I could never live without. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So we're, we're at the planet. The planet's kind of bopping because Kit is DJing. And Tim um, had a bad day. So you had a bad day. Your swim team got poisoned. That was stuck in my head, too. And I was like, uh, two men in my ear holes. So this is, you know, like strike 47 for Marina. Marina, who's apparently a pool shark and has just like cleaned, mopped the floor with all of the men in Los Angeles in the planet. Uh, she's like anyone else. <laughs> it's like she's it's like a game of I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I imagine it's like this where they kill a bunch of people with swords and they're all lying around dead with their bodies mutilated. Like that's how I imagine <laughs> Marina standing there with her 
pool cue. Like, anyone else want to take me no. on? Anyone ready to die today? And Tim's like, I'm so obviously Tim's no like, match for I you. Know. And she's like, well, you never know till you try. Little does he know he already is trying. Right. Uh, it's a little heavy handed, but I'm here for the drama, you know. So, um, Reese, I have a little thing uh, to bring to the table, which is that when we go to the party, um, the other party. Milk? Do we know the name? Is it Milk again? It's just fucking Milk every week forever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, milk. we go to Milk. Yeah. And Alice is uh, Ooh, they at should the have bar. Called it she got milk. For the ad campaign? Oh, yeah. Well, like, get milk. Oh, get milk. Yeah. Like, because of lactation? Yeah. Like if you hook up with a pregnant, if if you have a baby, don't your boobs have a bunch of milk in them? Mm-hmm. So if someone sucks so, on your nipples in a sexual way, does milk spurt out? Yep. So that's what, yeah. So that's what this bar is for. Yeah, for- nursing moms and lesbians who want to suck on pregnant boobs. I mean, sorry, recently birthed boobs. I don't know if this is appropriate or not story to tell, but um, when yes. I was five. When I was five, my sister was born. And, you know, when you're five, you're like very curious. And my my mom actually didn't breastfeed me, but she did breastfeed my sister. And I was like, I want to know what it tastes like. And my mom was like, really? And I was like, yeah, like, can I try some? So she like pumped or whatever, you know, had been pumping. And so she put a little in a cup for me and I drank it. And I was like, this tastes like, and I think that this holds up. This tastes like cereal milk. It tastes like like if you like have the milk at the bottom of your like fruity pebbles, you know, and then you drink that milk, it's like kind of warm and sweet. Like that's what breast milk tastes like. So this party's going to rule. <laughs> so uh, the drink I wanted to talk about was surprisingly not breast milk. Reese. It was <laughs> the drink that Alice turns around with. Alice turns around and she's holding a cosmopolitan. Uh, and I immediately do, do, looked do, do, up. Do, do, do. Thank you. Yes, precisely. I immediately was like, Sex and the City, mm-hmm. enter. And the last episode of Sex and the City aired February 22nd, 2004. Wow. I think, I think yeah. that uh, perhaps this was intentional. Gabby, of course, brings Nadia to the fucking bar uh, like an asshole, which we already know she is. She says, we can be alone when we're dead. Which, like, what? Also, how how do you know? Because if you... That you can... If there's, like, heaven or hell, then you're with other people. Hell is other people. That's a famous quote. (laughs) No one's alone when they're dead. You're in the sky with the angels. I'm Jewish, so we don't talk about it, but... (laughs) <laughs> but but that but those are the facts. Those those are the plain, cold hard facts. <laughs> um, and the other piece of thing that we get from this scene is that Shane's photographs have been used to create posters <laughs> that Lacey is plastering across town. I love oh, it. I love this whole Lacey Shane arc in this episode. I find it to be very enjoyable. Yeah, I was wondering if like you know I, we probably can't sell a shirt like this, but oh. just like a shirt, right? Would we a put shirt my with- mean ex-girlfriend on it yeah we just swap out shane for your mean ex-girlfriend yeah but hopefully everyone will be like i haven't seen her anywhere because she's too ashamed to show her face ashamed ashamed (laughs) (laughs) so okay so then where do we go we go to back to the fucking planet and jenny Jenny, okay this this scene is fucked up this scene is fucked up (sighs) 
I find uh, I find Marina picking up Tim's phone to be unbelievable. I find Tim's phone to be very believable. It is the what I refer to as the Nokia brick phone. Mm-hmm. Did you did you have one? Of course, that was the only phone. You could play a lot of Snake on that on that bad boy. I don't know Loved. how to do that. What you didn't play Snake? The only game I've ever played on any phone is like this year when I downloaded a geography quiz. Incredible. Well. Jenny, of course, could you imagine, could you imagine that you've slept with a woman and your boyfriend, you call your boyfriend and the woman you've slept with answers the fucking phone? I can't even believe that Jenny was able to walk on her two feet all the way to the planet. Like, uh, you know, no, but you know, she was like, when you find out something terrible like that, you know, that Mm -hmm. like all the blood drains out of your Mm -hmm. body and it's replaced with like adrenaline. So you can get somewhere. You can get somewhere and you're sort of like a shell person. But then once you get there. Dead meat, Schechter. <laughs> yeah, Jenny sees them both kind of like hugging, which is also kind of weird. Yeah, and that was really every- weird. Right. Their body language is bizarre. And then Jenny passes out. Jenny's also in like her outfits fucking rule. Like mm-hmm. every outfit she wears, I'm like, this is even cuter than the last outfit. She's wearing like like almost like Jenkos, but they're not. They're just like super oh, baggy yeah. green pants with like a tight little black shirt and a little black ponytail. I love Jenny. Just wait till she transitions to only wearing tablecloths. But yeah, so I felt bad for her in that scene, you know? Yeah. Like in, you in the whole feel your stomach like, ah. And like also the moment when she walks in, like to to my mind, if I were Jenny, I would be like, I've brought a psychopath into my relationship, like into my life. Like yeah. this woman has slept with me and I'm walking in on her like with my boyfriend, like mm-hmm. what the fuck has happened is happening. Um, but yeah, she hits the deck and Tina. Tina's there. And Kit, yeah, Tina's there. She and was Kit's eating. There and we, first of all, Tina was sitting alone at a table drinking white wine and eating like hummus and carrots. Uh, but but not only is Tina drinking a glass of wine, but um, Kit is drinking a beer, mm-hmm. which becomes immediate. Obviously, we know she was making amends. This is not good. Um, but first, Tina tends to Jenny, who has passed out. Tina and Kit. Basically, the, I don't think this would happen, but the entire bar stops, the music stops, and everybody goes over to Jenny. Um, and she sort of is scooped up by Tim and carried off. And then bed arrives. Tina tells Bet that Kit's been drinking, and Bet tells Tina that she was late. She missed the meeting, but she's hoping to reschedule it. Right. Then we go back to Tim and Jenny's house, where Jenny is telling Tim that he fucked everything up because he was making out with Marina while she was making dinner. Hector Projector. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hector, <laughs> Hector Projector, as no one ever says. <laughs> Uh, Reese, I think you're going to learn that I say a lot of things that you think no one ever says. Oh, I've known. So far, it's happened in like every episode. We've been friends for a minute, Russo. <laughs> but here's a, here's something I noticed, Kristen. In the interstitial, um, as they are going, when they cut back to the planet, they do mm-hmm. a thing where they're driving. Like you see out, you know, the sort of like streets going by. And they go by this one restaurant that is actually, it's an actual L.A. street. And it is the restaurant that is literally down the street from Earth Cafe that pla- plant the planet was based on. <gasps> Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that the planet was based on Earth Cafe. Yeah. Except that the planet is w- way less crowded and probably more affordable <laughs> and has a psychopath owner. Um, I'd like to make a little note here when we go to the planet. Uh, 
for my buffering the Vampire Slayer crossover listeners, Mm -hmm. which is that, um, as you know, if you're a Buffy viewer, Giles has an infamous green mug and the planet is stocked to high heaven with a similar, it's not the green mug, but there are a lot of green mugs that look a lot like Giles's green mug is all I'm saying. I would like to make a note that Shane looks super cute in her hoodie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Shane looks really cute. Like, I'm not... Uh, this is going to be what happens, isn't it, Reese? I'm just going to keep saying I'm not into Shane until I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm into Shane? I'm not there yet, but she is cute. Yeah, she's cute. Uh, also, speaking of Sex in the City, I feel like this scene was really Sex in the City-like. Yeah. Like, everybody's gathered to talk about their dates and their hookups, compare notes, check in with each other. It was, reminded me of... Uh, do, 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 do. I don't know how to do the theme song. Yeah, I know. Once I, once I start to say it, I'm like, no, I don't know. Do, 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 do. Yeah, how do people copyright these beeps? They're so hard to even remember. So, the, so, yeah, they go over what should Dana wear to her date. They talk about how Gabby DeVos sucks and that and Tina gives delivers Alice like a whole speech of what to say, which I thought was very realistic because often we tell each other exactly what to say to people too. Isn't that romantic? It is romantic. And also like, you know, to skip ahead, I love that we we get this scene and then we get to see that Alice delivers it almost verbatim, uh-huh. um, which is like, it's just like a true, you mentioned last episode, Reese, that your favorite thing about the show is the friendships. And I think that this is just more of this underlining of like, you know, they really fucking helped Alice. She doesn't have the confidence to do that on her own. And they gave her the words she needed to get out of a shitty thing. Yeah. Also, like, I just want to take a minute for Tina. Tina's been doing a lot of supportive things. Uh And, you know, Tina's really boring. She does some really fucked up shit. But, like, she picked up Jenny off the floor. She later will get to another scene with Tina where she's, like, trying to help. And part of me thought, maybe I didn't like Tina, like, back in 2004 because I was, like, caught up in all the drama, right? Like, I wanted the, like, exciting characters that did, like, risky things or what have you. But, like, Tina's just trying to live her life, man. She's just trying to, like, do some shit. Okay. So. Provocations went to Mocha. Yeah. Provocations went to Mocha. And we also learned that Peggy Peabody, the only person who has power over Gina, whatever her name is. Gina Tina. Is in Santa Barbara. She's in Santa Barbara. She's on an art buying spree. And so Bet is like, fuck that. I'm going to go to fucking Santa Barbara. And this gives us a great timestamp to 2004 because she calls her assistant and she's like, can you call me back with the directions? Yeah, I know. I was like, what? First of all, her assistant's name is James and he is a good man. They're few Mm -hmm. and far between. So it's important every now and then to be like, this is a good man. His name is James. And he's like, should what should I tell Franklin? And she's like, tell him that all great art is a response to corporate fascists or whatever, you know, (laughs) appealing to the sheep like masses. And he's like, I'll tell her that I'll tell him that you had a dentist appointment. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, okay, good move. James, that's the same. James. Yep. James. Uh, Also right before we like cut out of the scene at the planet, Alice is sort of talking about the next article that she might has been asked to write. Uh (laughs) It's about the um, the forty five minute orgasm, as if which yeah, which is basically what she says. She's like, "Am I? Is it just me?" Or (laughs) if you if you said to me, Kristen, you can either have a one minute orgasm or a forty five minute orgasm, I would be like, "I will take the one minute orgasm." Thank you so much. Same. I'd also take the one minute because I am an efficient lady. You know, I'm not going to sit around orgasming for 45 minutes. 
you know? <gasps> oh, fuck. Uh-huh. Okay, so now we get to the scene where it begins with Lacey, like, handing out a couple flyers, and the one that is most memorable is when she hands it to this mom, and she's like, keep an eye on your dog, yeah. you never know. Yeah. <laughs> she also says she learned Photoshop to make these photos, yeah. and I want to just let her know, like, I don't think you needed Photoshop for these. Yeah, I but. feel like you <laughs> learned how to go drive to Kinko's to make these. Mm-hmm. I remember this scene... I think that this scene really contributed to my feelings for Shane and lesbianism in general, because mm. I was very used to, cause I was like a young, you know, in my early twenties. And so I just been in college and like the thing with college guys is that they sort of like, I know I'm, I'm going to make like huge generalizations and everyone can have an issue with it, but this is my experience that <laughs> um, they kind of assume all women are insane. And then you kind of have to work backwards from there. Like you have to prove that you're not. And like somebody, a girl who went this bananas over someone, they a guy they hooked up with once, like she would be blacklisted. Like no one right. would talk to her. This girl is completely nuts. She's insane. Don't get, mm -hmm. you know, the guys would be repulsed by her. And they definitely would not let her talk about her abandonment issues. Right. And give her a supportive hug. Yeah. And what does it say about like, Shane also you right. know like what what is inspiring Shane here because like if this happened to me I wouldn't be able to find like a tender spot for mm -hmm. the person doing this and so I think I don't know like it just seems like Shane is very open to like people like Shane mm -hmm. loves experiencing people and she's like you there's a moment in this exchange where she says like Wow, you have a lot of feelings. And she says, and it's like uh, in any other, uh, coming out of any other mouth, I feel like that would make me so angry. But but it was so sweet and endearing and lovely from Shane, you know? And then we all started saying that. Like, I'm not sh I think this may be where we started, where we got that line from. Like, because me and yeah. my friends were always like, oh, you have a lot of feelings. Like, I think it came from this scene. Do you think that Kristen Stewart modeled herself after Shane? Which came first, the chicken or the egg, you know? <laughs> but also, like, it, the scene was also so funny, you know, which is what Angela Robinson yeah. is really good at. Like, it was serious, but it was funny when, when she's like, everyone abandons me. Like, my mom, my dad left, yes. and my mom died, and my sister moved to West Covina. <laughs> it's a good, it's a joke I probably didn't get in 2004, but yeah. now that I have lived in Los Angeles. I yeah. Well, also, that's where Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was, is set, so. Oh, um, also, before they kiss, uh, there's a little little hiccup when uh, Lacey's like, I don't want a relationship with you. I just want to be with you all the time. <laughs> That's so gay. Oh, so gay. The gayest. The gayest. Uh, but they make it through, they kiss, and they will go on, of course, to fuck. Uh, but not before we get to see that Bet drives a convertible, yep, Bet, everybody. Bet drives a car. Bet can drive a car on the road. Not a car, Reese. A fucking convertible. A fucking convertible. Bet is driving it on the road, and she is driving. And halfway through, I feel like Jennifer Beals gets bored of the shot. Yeah, it's a long, it's way too long yeah. of a shot. Yeah. And she's like, guys, don't you got what you need to do? Get great. Yeah, I'm driving. Um, so then we go to the date or well, the, before the date, Dana shows up, she's talking to Alice. Alice is like, so when you fuck her and Dana's like, get your shit together. It's our first date. We're not going to have sex. Hmm. And then Laura comes out wearing a dress. And she they looks have this like she just walked out of Adelia's catalog. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, she does. She looks so cute. <laughs> 
Dana thinks she looks beautiful and accidentally says so and everybody's a dork and it's great. And I feel like this is, I've been giving advice to young queer people for a long time, Reese, and everybody's always asking me like, I'm socially awkward and I don't whatever. And I feel like, look, look, young people to this pair, right? Like socially awkward is really, can be really cute and endearing. And Dana embodies that fully for us. She does. Then Bet is at the hotel and she is going to get in front of Peggy Peabody at any <gasps> cost, you know? And I, last week you talked about Sarah Paulson. Yeah. Uh, and now this week we have Holland Taylor. We do. So just, Who was not just, out yet. I mean, she was, I guess she was like privately out, but she wasn't like publicly out at that point, which is funny because I think a lot of people, because the, there's tons of people on the show who are not like out at the time, but are now. And I feel like yeah. a lot of it was like, people casting people who are like in that lesbian social network, or at least that's how I imagine mm-hmm. it happening in my head. And we learned that um, Holland, Holland Taylor's character, Peggy Peabody is not gay, but she was a lesbian mm-hmm. um, for one year in 1974. Yes. And, and <laughs> Bet says that's what we call a hasbian. And then there's this moment like, uh Oh, and then Peggy is like, ha 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 ha. You're so funny. <laughs> you know? And then she's right. probably like, now I want to be a lesbian again, which is probably how Bet makes a lot of people feel. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit of uh, gay eyes from uh, Peggy yeah. Peabody in the scene with the hasbians and definitely some gay eyes later when we get to the photography. But yeah, in, in some, in case you didn't watch the episode, basically Bette gets up to Peggy Peabody's uh, hotel room because Peggy thinks she's somebody else. She finds out she's not. And uh, she's, she still decides to keep Bette in the room because of right. hasbian. Hasbian, the joke, allows Bette to stay. And because Peggy is just a, you know, a wild woman of wealth who just does things, you know, she's just sort of like, yes, stay. I, I operate on whims. You know, I fired I fired Jose or whatever. Yeah, she's like, I, I, my my assistant Jose is in love. So I told him to go to the sea. And then three seconds later, she's like, Jose. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, that's like, I think you just said that Jose is gone. But great. I mean, Holland Taylor is brilliant. I mean, both of these actresses are brilliant. And so getting to see them like play mm-hmm. these scenes together is a real treat, I think. Then we go to Alice's house and Gabby tries to be like manipulative, but Alice stands her ground and even says, step off, bitch, which is a cute, funny little moment. And then Gabby, like a total cunt, is like, I think Mm -hmm. you should know this is not a good look for you. Everyone knows you're desperate and you're not going to bounce back from this. I mean, like, like, go sit on a knife. Yeah, Alice takes it like a champ, yeah. um, and I, I want to hope that Gabby gets to her car and feels like a piece of shit. But you know what? She probably doesn't. Then we get to this scene with uh, Tina mm. and Jenny. Oh, you're gonna where... like you're gonna like Tina in this scene too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I do like Tina in this scene. Yeah. I can't help it. I I promised everyone that I will be bored by Tina plenty of other times, but like. She goes over because she's concerned about Jenny. She saw her pass out. She knows what the fuck is up. And this is like a moment in all of our lives when we're grown up queer people and we see somebody like first coming to terms with it and like really struggling and feeling overwhelmed that you want to like extend a hand and just be like, listen, I'm here if you need to talk. Yeah. And also Tina had a similar, um, I don't think this is really a big spoiler because it's not like plot related, but like Tina had a similar situation where she was dating a man when she first met Bette. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that like she she assumed like once we get into the conversation, I can share that with Jenny 
And like, I'll be able right. to help her through this. And maybe Jenny can help me figure out why my shirt has like 17,000 pieces of string on it that are totally <laughs> unnecessary. Yeah. So um, basically, Tina is, sort of lays it out. And Jenny, do you watch Westworld, um, Reese? I've, I've seen it. Do I understand it? No. <laughs> well, I, I just I've I witnessed wrote... the, the words in the pictures, but I have not re- I have not put them together in my head in any sort of coherent way. Well, in Westworld, um, anytime the robot is shown something, they like show a robot something. The robot says that doesn't look like anything to me, and mm-hmm. I felt like that was that was kind of the vibe here. Like mm-hmm. you know, Tina was like, "So let's talk," and Jenny was like, "That doesn't look like anything to me." But Jenny then was she an gets asshole. Jenny was an asshole. Oh my God, a total asshole. And she can't even keep her, because at first she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but she can't keep her shit together Mm-mm. because then she's like, who told you? Yeah. Did Marina tell you? You know, and I mean, Jenny's just unraveling and I think it makes sense. And she's unraveling so much that she just fucking storms out and leaves Tina standing in the back house. Yeah, and slams like Tina the could door. just steal all of her stuff if she wanted to. She just leaves her in there. She could take Jenny's writing and publish it under her own name. Yeah, big and risk be the laughing there. stock of West Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but also, I was like, Jenny, you have zero friends in this town so far, and like, this is Jenny... your next door neighbor. Like, suck it up and pretend to be nice. I think she's too upset, and Jenny seems like the kind of person who like very much is focused on the thing right in front of her and mm. can't. And like, she's not a person of social mores, right? Yeah. Like, she's she's not she's not going to do something because she's supposed to do it. Tina also says in this scene that the lesbian community is a hotbed of rumor and innuendo, right. which I feel like is spot on. Yeah, true. Great. We go back to Peggy Peabody's. Thank and, God. Um, this is where we learn about this photo, yeah? Carla Marie Freed, who is not a real person. And I, I really wanted her to be. Like, I, I really Googled it so many times, Reese. I just wanted to find this queer woman photographer from the 80s, but she doesn't exist. Um, so the real thing in this scene is this, uh, Stendhal, Stendhal syndrome, um, which is, I guess I learned today from, uh, when a work of art moves you so much that you cry and maybe pass out, uh, which if like, because when Bette saw the the picture, which she was like, this is the most beautiful Canadian extra I've ever seen. (laughs) And she cries. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, Right. And this is a direct tie to that. We just saw Jenny pass out when she walked in and gazed eyes upon Marina, which, of course, and and it's a beautiful. I don't know. I'm not a and Tim. Yes, I'm not a TV writer, so I just know what I feel. And I I thought that the overlapping of like plots and messaging in those arcs in the show was like really beautifully done and really beautiful. You know, especially towards like this part that we're getting to where um, Peggy Peabody is sort of like discussing the Stendhal syndrome in like Mm -hmm. really beautiful uh, lyrical terms. And the voiceover from the scene goes over the top of Jenny, like leaving, leaving, I mean, it's their house, but leaving Tim's house um, and making her way to what we will learn is um, Marina's office. But before we get there, Shane fucked Lacey one last time for the memories. Very, very um, good shot of Shane sitting in the window in like white underwear, white tank top, smoking a cigarette. Very sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was and... really sexy. Yeah, right. That's how I like to imagine be... myself after I had sex back then. I'd be like, this is yeah, what I, I look mean, like I... in my white tank top and my men's underwear smoking a joint. I, I think that's accurate, Reese. I've seen Thank you in a tank top and underwear many times. Thank um, you, and I think the body types are very similar. Oh, that means so much to me. Um, I hope someone puts so, posters of me around town. It's like, beware this girl. She works all the time. 
I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it would say about me at this point. <laughs> so, right. So now Jenny has made her way um, via the Stendhal discussion to yeah. Marina's office. <clears throat> and this is the scene where I am nominating uh, Mia Kirshner for best acting to date in the series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my first note in the scene is, am I falling in love with Jenny? Um, a phrase I've said to myself many times. Uh, <laughs> in many different contexts. Well, but it'll in this only particular... lead to trouble, Kristen. <laughs> in this particular context, uh, I'm talking about Jenny Schechter because I, I think she's very beautiful and sweet mm -hmm. and tiny and cute and confused and broken like a little baby bird i mean she really is yeah. like a little baby bird this is strong baby bird energy in this scene yeah and she she did so her first line is like why would and i don't even know how the rest of it goes like what yeah the why would you line why would you tell people and then marina is like yeah very like you know people just guess from the way that you are behaving Right, which is, fuck you, Marina. But the way that she delivers this line, because she, she says, why would, and then she stops before she says it the whole sentence again. And the first why would is like caught in her throat in this way that is so gutting. It's just like, it's just really good. It's just, if, you ha if you're not watching the episodes with us, I cannot tell you enough times, just go to the end of this fucking episode and watch this scene. It's really beautiful. But watch it on the DVD because um, the ending song... Oh, is so much yes. better on the DVD than it is on the streaming. Marina's just sitting there like a fucking Cheshire cat, yeah. you know? And I like that. Oh, it's just so gross. It's like she really is. It's like speaking of baby bird, she is like the Cheshire fucking cat. She's like ready to devour Jenny and like doesn't really care about the consequences or anything like that. Um, and this is where we get that other bookended line I was talking yeah. about. Every time Jenny I look says, at you, I feel so completely dismantled which oh. is what which is one of the things i suggested to name this podcast completely dismantled <laughs> right. remember because this yeah. is like my favorite line it's a really good line it's a really beautiful line and it's so uh, true like there's a lot of moments in this show that really really resonate that like mm -hmm. i carried with me through the rest of my life as a as a lesbian you know which is still going yeah. you know who knows who knows how who long, knows we how have long it'll last before the fucking climate destroys us all but like I don't know. It's it's so moving. Like you said, it's such a good performance. And it's such like <laughs> Jenny, if Jenny just wrote down some of the good lines she has, she'd be a much better writer than she is. Because this is yeah. choice. This is choice writing right here. And she mm -hmm. is throwing it away. She's burning pod in this <laughs> <laughs> scene with Marina. But yeah, so uh. and then she just takes her clothes off. And this is, I, I want you to know that, Reese, I don't, I can't force you to tweet out a GIF from Auto Straddle. I don't know Twitter how to make account. GIFs. I'm making it. I'm making the oh. GIF of this moment where she takes her sweatshirt. It's like right after she takes her sweatshirt off, she looks at Marina and it's the most vulnerable, yeah. like literally with her eyeballs, she's like, just take me, you know, yeah. like take whatever you want from me, of me, just I'm, I'm here for you. Like it's so vulnerable and terrifying and beautiful and i wish that she wasn't i wish so much that she was not um like stripping herself literally and metaphorically for marina because i don't trust marina mm -hmm. and i think marina is an asshole and i think that there are a lot of people in this world who would like be tender to jenny and like actually care for her on this journey and yeah. marina just doesn't seem like she's gonna be that kind of girl no she just sort of swoops in 
picks up the baby bird in her nude rips underwear. Rips her limb from limb. <laughs> rips her limb from limb, which is a, the, a title of a later episode, <laughs> which would be good. If, that would be good if that was the episode where it's just like Marina, like biting off Jenny's arm and <laughs> like the cannibal, like a cannibal. She is. She has some deep cannibal vibes. Yeah. You know. All in all, Reese, I really enjoyed this episode again. It's like I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it, it, it's hanging on. I think season one has a lot of delights for us. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say real quick that the song that ends this right in time mm-hmm. goes in. It just goes in perfectly. I remember I downloaded it immediately because I was already building my little playlist of L Word songs, which <laughs> I listen to all the time on my iPod. Wow. Oh, God. Yep. And yeah, season season one is good. It's good. Well, shall we uh, shall we outro this episode? I'm Kristen. No, I'm Jenny Schechter. No, Mm-mm. I am Marina. Kristen, <laughs> this is Reese. <laughs> I've been thinking about you and also my social media handles, which is AutoWin, and uh, and then there's also AutoStraddle, and it's on all the things. And also, as aforementioned, I have started a killer Instagram account for this mm-hmm. damn podcast, and you should follow it. It's Tuel and Back. That's what it's called, believe it or not. And it is on Instagram, an ap- application for your telephone. Wow, that's hot. And also, you can email us. Uh, we are accepting emails in our inbox currently. Yes. To L and back cast at gmail.com. If you have thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, you just let us know and we will consider them. I am Kristen Russo. You can find all about me and my work that I do at my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K R I S T I N N O E L I N E. You can also use that spelling to find me on Twitter. And on Instagram, I've been posting a lot of my cats lately, so you're welcome in advance. (laughs) Um, Reese, do you have your L word prepared? Yes. Okay, I'm going to count three, two, one. And after I say one, you say your L word, okay? Okay. Three, two, one. Lily Linguini. (laughs) What did you say? Linguini? Linguini. Oh, I wish I'd said lasagna. I thought about saying lasagna. Then we could have had a feast. Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way.